Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash acast. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. The Gallant Few Rangers podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453 887 or hello at com. You can also find them online at hhhmortgages.com or on their Facebook page. Hello and welcome to the Gallant Few Rangers podcast. My name's Colin Duff and I'll be your host for today. Joining me to to discuss quite a quite an eventful week for Rangers. First of all, Scott Hodge, how are you doing? Hi Colin. Good. And Ian McGrady. Ian, how are you? I'm alright, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, I've finally came down after the excitement of Thursday night in Antwerp. Um, but we'll come to that later on. We are recording soon after the Dundee United game where Rangers Rangers beat their visitors 4-1 at Ibrook. So Rangers lined up McGregor, Balogun, Hollander, Goldson, Barisic, midfield three of Jack, Davis and Aribo, and a forward three of Ken Hadji and Morello. So Ian, what was your, what was your thoughts on the lineup today? Uh, good to see it changed up after a heavy night on Thursday. Yeah, I... Uh, particularly travelling back as well, having been away, so expect a few changes. Uh, a little bit surprised that Wright didn't start after Gerard's comment, saying that he, he looked really he looked as if he's ready. Um, so kind of surprised he never started. Everything else was, you know, the midfield that it, it, it changes game to game, but we never see the drop off. So you're kind of never, you're never surprised with that. And with with Balog and Hellander seems to be the only kind of defensive change but right now that's obviously they're both going to play um, so it's generally only ever up front where you're, you're considering who's going to play and right now it's it doesn't really matter who plays we always seem to play well so 
I, I did think Scott Wright would have came in today as well. Gone on Gerrard's comments on Thursday why he didn't start Ken. It was a kind of precaution. I thought Ken, having played more than what he would have expected, I thought it would have been the right game for Scott Wright. But, but no, that's how we went. Scott, first half an hour, Dundee United, they started brightly. Gerrard said in his uh, pre-match interview that they expected them to come and have a go. And by Christ, they... Never done more than that. I think we looked really on the back foot a few times. Yeah, it was a, a few, uh, few good saves from 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 McGregor. Uh, bailed us out really. Um, it was just not what we didn't. It's not what we really expect to to, to see. Um, like I think we were like dominating the ball, but I think could have made better use of it and they certainly had chances which we, we don't see uh, too much of when we're, we're playing at Ibrox. So yeah, the formations yeah, Gerard like um you know mentioned that they, they played like the, the diamond in midfield it and um two up top really which you know caused us caused us a bit of problems. Uh, we've said it before as as well, like when teams go to up top it can we do find it maybe a bit diff- more difficult to defend against but I thought we'd done we'd done all right, but yeah, but Dundee United did start really brightly. There, there's so much there's so much good stuff for Rangers TV and I'm kinda of jumping ahead of myself here, but after the match as well, it was so good to hear the interviewers like Neil McCann and Emma Dodds and stuff asking Gerald about the game, the football and tactics and not just asking, Oh, are you pleased with three points? Of course he's got to be fucking happy with that, but but no, that that was an interesting point they made. It did take Rangers to Maybe about 30, 35 minutes. I know that's around when we got the goal, but we that's maybe aye, we did take a while to get going. I don't think that's just this game, but I think the last few few months even we've no started games brightly. Did we just struggle for the coffee to kick in, do you think? <laughs> I don't know. I think you can maybe put today down a wee bit of Thursday. Uh, tough shift on Thursday, travelling back and then you know, Dundee United being kind of right in our faces for the start as well. Like, so maybe put that down a wee bit of that. And Gerard mentioned it, like you say, we took about half an hour to get into the game. Gerard did mention it after the game that he thought Kamara came on and was outstanding. And it, it kind of seemed to change the game. Like, I don't know why. It's, it's, it was a like-for-like like swap. It wasn't like we changed anything tactically or, um, you know, we didn't bring on a more attacking player or anything. It was just... That's when it, well, maybe it happened a wee bit before that with the, the, Joe Aribo had the, the chance on his right foot. I think that was maybe when we started to properly come into the game uh, after that chance and then Kamaras came on and, and, and from that point we've, we've pretty much dominated until the 85th minute however when I think we've just got a wee bit sloppy and Dundee United have scored. Did anyone notice the the, num- the amount of numbers flying about as well? Left of a a, a number six and <laughs> things. I thought it was a wind up. Three sixes. You can play as a left, a left ten, or a right ten, or left eight, right eight. Nightmares <laughs> in my higher my, my higher maths attempts. Fucking hell, man! I was sweating watching that interview. But so just on uh, before we actually get any the the goals and all all the action. You mentioned there, uh, Ian, about Glenn Kamara come on for Ryan Jack. Scott, are you you worried about how how often Jack's kind of coming in and out? I know Gerald said it's just a precaution, but 
and he's he has already said in the last few weeks this is some this is something we're going to have to manage with Ryan Jack, but it's quite worrying. Yes, especially he was out for a, a long period of well, not not a serious injury like the cartage, but it was a significant time he, he was out and. You know, from everything that's happened, our, our squad is is really going going down to the bare bones. I mean, you look at Ryan Jack, like we've, we've got Tavernier right back, we've got Balogun playing in there. You seen him? He went over like he, he looked. He, he was injured for a few minutes as well, and now Ryan Jack's off injured. So, you know, we've got people maybe stepping in to play right back just now, and you know, our players who can potentially fill that position, like it's one injury away from. A potential disaster to be completely honest. Um so yeah, but, but Ryan Ryan Jack, he's um he has picked up a fair share of injuries. I don't know if, if we rushed him back too quickly. It's not something I think we would do, or is it is it something it might need to get surgery on or something? It's I'd I'd much rather take Ryan Jack out for a longer period of time if this doesn't keep happening rather than just coming back and breaking down after every Five or six games, you know what I mean? It's as as a worry for me. Yeah, and you don't want to like you don't want to hinder him too much going forward as well. I mean, he's, he should be going into the prime of his career, so you you want him to like he's improved massively under Gerald. You want him to keep on improving. And you know, on a personal level for Ryan Jack, like, he's you know as much as we don't like Scotland as as much. You know, like um, you know, he'll be wanting to play the Euros and. You know, like if he keeps picking up, the, we need to keep him fresh for that. So, yeah, it's a big, big time in his career. It's his prime, as you say, and you know, a, a major t- tournament as well. So, Ian Rangers, uh, Rangers go one all up in the thirty-fifth minute mark. Uh, a goal which Yanis Hadji is claiming, but I think, yeah, uh, uh, as his goal, but he done next to fuck all for it. Um, some brilliant footwork for Joe Rebo to. Just get a shot away, gets a shot, and Hadji is onside, but he just gets a nick and puts it past the keeper. Um, it's good to see his shooting. Absolutely, and like me and Scott have banged on about this so many times, and and you know today, okay, like we had, we probably had more shots from maybe edge of the box, just outside the box today, than I can remember in a long time, and it's paid off. We've got three goals out I just keep shooting and I, I think Hadji's touch is necessary I don't think it's I think it's straight at the keeper and I think if Hadji doesn't get a wee flick on it it's he's probably going to save it so the, he's, he's wrong footed the keeper and I think he knows exactly what he's doing uh, when he when he's flicked his foot at it and as you say Dundee United claiming for offside but a couple of them were playing him onside so uh, great work by Aribo in the, in the first instance he's, he's just ridiculously skillful. Um, and it's like so effortless just get that yard of space and it, it's brilliant like we've seen it all day today from him and it, it was tremendous today I think in, in the goal I think it's actually a really good positional play from Hadji he's like you know for somebody it's not a centre forward he was he was almost like a centre forward in that case and it's um, even if like, as, as Ian said like it could have I think the keeper could have like, caught it um, if, if he didn't get a touch but um, it's just putting them off, you know what I mean? Could touch obviously any touch, it should be a goal unless it was Morelos and they probably went in the 
and into the Copeland or something, you know what I mean? But um, uh, no, like it was really good positioning, and as you say, like just driving the ball into that dangerous area, it's just it's really so hard to defend against. Next goal up is uh, a few minutes later, Ryan Kent with. So he gets a volley just at the edge of the box, and I think that this is another one where the deflection helps out Scott. But you know, know the know the sections of goals, but again, we're, we're shooting on site. But what what I was thinking the day, I know there was a there was a game earlier on in the season where we played Haji Aribo and Kent, and I think it was quite a stale game. I think we won two and a half some against like St Mirren. It was at Ibrox, and we were talking about can we incorporate all three of these players in the lineup, and I think today we did. I think we've seen how all three of them bring something different to the game as well as like, working together. Aye, well, with the three players, they're very, very different players, I, I feel, but sort of similar. No, it sounds ridiculous. They're, they're similar but different. Um, <laughs> I think. Uh, and that's why this show is free. <laughs> <laughs> like they'll take people on. They're not scared to, you know, dribble past and and take take an effort a goal as we've seen today. But I think uh, Ryan Ryan Kent's a lot more direct with his, you know, his his pressing. Jordy Bo loves to dance, and Hadji's just very cute with his his movement. He's more smarter, maybe not as as blustering pace. And uh, yeah, I thought they all combined really well together. And the more they play together, whether this be like through. You know, we've not got many options to maybe take some some out of team due to injuries and suspension and things like that. But they seem to be working a lot better together in the draft. So if we're playing this three in the middle of the park, Aribo's maybe got a bit more license to let interchange with that. So it's it's really good to see. And yeah, I I, pers- I know we talk a lot about Aribo, and he was uh, talked about it in his um, his post match press conference. I'm sure we're going to come on to him <laughs> with a goal, but. Um, it does. Like, I like him deep because he can drive with the ball and uh, make things happen. He's got the license to to support the attack. The next goal was another terrific, another terrific finish. Ian, uh, this season we've scored 107 goals and we're not even in March. That's fucking tremendous. But there's so many. There've been so many great goals. Like obviously Kamar Roof, the the goal. A few weeks ago, where the full team and Jimmy Bell had a touch before he went in. <laughs> but this, aye, this was another lovely finish by Aribo, and just it's it it just drifts past players so easily, and he's got such a good left foot. Yeah, absolutely. We've, he's that strikes. It's absolutely tremendous. You just couldn't have had it any better, could you? Um, my one down on Joe Aribo is that he's too left footed. And I think we've seen that with his chance about 20 minutes in. If he's two-footed like Hadji and Kent, he's, he's absolutely done the defender and he's in, he's got a, a great position. And if he can bend that in the top corner with his right foot, it's it's equally as good a goal. But as you say, it, it, the way he drifts past people and, and just makes space is, is unbelievable. And today he was all over the place. He was... His, um, the Hadji goal, he's on the he's on the right, isn't he? And then his own goal, he's on the left. So it was. It, this is the kind of today was the performances we've been expecting from him um, to be that that dominant midfielder and like absolutely run the game um, in terms of an, an attacking sense. Stevie Davis is controlling it from the deep midfield. 
and we've got Joe Rebo up front or more attacking and he's he's doing all the good attacking midfield work um, and it was just a, a pretty much perfect perfect attacking midfielder performance today for me. Yeah, I'm quite quite rarely so won the man of the match. So pretty much from as Ian said, Elon Scrop from like the thirtieth minute right up until the eighth Rangers just did dominate this game. I don't think Dundee United until the latter stages they ever really looked like uh, ever really looked like threatening us what I liked but Rangers they were only going down low but they were keeping the, the, the foot on the throat with Dundee United. They kept on going for it. They were chasing down. Some of the pressing play was excellent. And uh, Morelos, uh, I thought actually he, he played quite well at the end of the day. And it's no, this isn't a great goal with Morelos, but by fucking he did it, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I would do. It's, I think you always say that, don't you? Just smack up, like ball smack off his arse and then just get back into the groove. I was surprised to hear that statistic, actually. It was his first league goal at Ibrox um, since. Was it August or something? Wow. So it's been a it's been a long time. He's not obviously he's been been scoring away and he's been scoring in Europe and things like that. But um, he did need it. He did need it. And Christ, see if we'd have tried to take him off when he's not scored, man. That we'd have had to drag him from the pitch, man. Like it was, <laughs> it was, uh, it was <laughs> it seemed it seemed not too bad coming off. But um, yeah, he needed that, and it'll be good to. When you're to, to start picking up and a, a few goals will be, be very useful to us. Yeah. And I think we've spoken about this before, he's a confidence player and but he doesn't always take confidence for the, the role that he does. So the, Thursday night he was unbelievable. He was he was a bar he's finishing, he, it was a near perfect performance. He doesn't take confidence for that. I don't think he you can see he's got a smile on his face only when he gets a goal. So that'll do him the world of good because he is he came back into the team and that's two terrific performances. Uh, he's a he's a striker, he probably judges his performance and goals, but we, we don't you know, you you said it yourself, he was uh, it was terrific on Thursday, but you know, he'll he'll look at him probably and, and think he done all right, but it's not a good performance because he didn't score. It's just a typical typical striker, so yeah, fingers crossed he goes in a wee run, but he's been playing really well for me um, over the over the past few weeks. Obviously, he's been suspended, but what a difference he makes to our team, I think. So, Morelos was actually involved in the, the next big opportunity that Rangers had. They won the penalty. This is a, you know, this is a penalty all day long. The ref called it correctly. And then Borna Barisic uh, steps up to take the... Uh, Take the kick. Ian actually had a big, um, a big script written out about how you've been right all all along after the other night. But uh, I talked you through this penalty and the two for the other night. Then, what was your thoughts on it? The, he's pretty much put the three of them in the exact same place, hasn't he? The first one, he gets lucky that that keeper's an absolute diddy. Um, the second one, he puts a lot more power on it just to make sure. Um, and today's, it was just. Again, it was the exact same place and just a better goalkeeper is able to save it. Penalties need to be higher than that. Just, I think if he's putting it that kind of position, he's got to get it up and towards the roof of the net. Um, for me, he's, I don't understand. He's, he's a great striker in the ball. And how he can't, how any professional football player can't hit the upper kind of quarter of a goal from 12 yards out. It baffles me. It's your job. Um, uh, I mean, 
Like, you see a darts player, a darts player can hit a treble 20, which is about a centimetre wide by three long or something, with perfect precision, because it's his job. Yeah, a football <laughs> player can hit a, the, the, the top end of a goal. I mean, that's... Uh, it, it baffles me, like, how professional football players can't hang me uh, hit the top corner with a penalty. I mean, you can hit the top corner for 20 yards out, but you can't hit it for 12. <laughs> it's... Uh, uh, it's it's baffling. I, I, uh, did, did we change the penalty taker again? I I wouldn't. I don't, unless he unless he takes a, a drop in confidence from it. But I wouldn't be I wouldn't be want to change him because I always think I've said this before. It shouldn't matter if you're a striker or you're on a good run of form. It's whoever is the most confident that stem up with penalty should be the one because I I think you're being a bit. Bit harsh here. Um, it's I you've got a keeper, you're a professional keeper in front of you as well, and uh, you need to hold your nerve. You do, and that's why I want to give Barisic credit for the other night. He showed some set of buzz. He really did. Um, no, just hitting the ball for twelve yards, but what, the whole Rangers team coming from behind and then getting the winning goal. He he done terrific. Scott, would you change the penalty taker or keep him on? I think um, I, I'd like to see Ryan Kent on him. I, I was surprised he didn't. Um, I think Ryan Kent likes playing the pressure. Um, you know, you see him at Parkhead, and he just seems to go in his own element. So I don't think he's, I don't think he's like has any fear or anything. I, I would like to. I'd like to have seen him, him to take it. I, I've just got a thing. I know this is probably the stupidest comment. I, I don't like left-footed penalty takers. I think they're too easy to predict for something. I don't know what. I, I don't know if there's signs behind it or something. But I just feel as though you can sort of like see where they're going to put the ball. Um, so I'm, I'm, the the second penalty obviously was a lot better on that one. But um, and maybe you think the the Dundee United keeper's been looking at. Looking at him and think, like, you know, he's gonna, he's, he's not gonna, he's gonna put it in the same place effectively because he had success. But I don't know. I would, I would, I would take, I would personally take, take him off, take him off. It's nothing, you know, nothing against that. It's just my personal preference. I don't like left-footed penalty takers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna look this up to see if there is. Your Alberts was pretty good on the penalties. Ah, he was. <laughs> Tongue straight. <yeah. laughs> Bet you didn't mind when it was him. <laughs> so that's 4-0 and Rangers start making making a few subs around the 63 minutes and 67 mark minute mark sorry uh, Scott Wright and Scott, Scott Arfield come on for Stephen Davis and Yanis Hadji and then a few minutes later Jack Simpson makes his debut and Jermaine Defoe comes back in the fold coming on for Hollander and Morelos so just on a couple of subs what was your thoughts on Jack Simpson, Ian? I know he was at fault for the goal, but other than that, did you? He's got to be a lot stronger at the goal. I mean, just put your foot through the Dundee United player. Um, and and hopefully he'll learn from that, that he's got to be stronger. Like That was always my criticism with Goldson. I think he's, he's definitely now in the position where he is a lot stronger in the tackle and stuff like that. So hopefully Simpson will learn from that. I don't think he'd he had one kind of the other one other thing I can remember is he had a header to try to clear it and he just kind of headed it up the way a wee bit worrying um, I, don't, I don't really think he was that tested was he so we'll see he's a big boy though so 
he's, he's, he, I think he's clearly one for the future. I don't think he's he's insane to be in the team right now. He's got to be stronger in that tackle for the goal. He's he's just kind of dangles his leg in there. He's got to be going in and and winning the ball and not just trying to make a, a block tackle. No, I do agree with you. And I think uh, I think it is something is quite a cliche, um, like in football in terms. Players coming from down south struggle to adapt to how hit and rush and how quick Scottish football is. And I think that was maybe, I think he had, as well as it has to be stronger, I think he maybe thought he had a bit more time as well. But that's has to be a big learning curve for him. And Conor Golson has massively improved on it. Uh, so there's no no reason why a young guy, Jack Simpson, coming up, getting, getting settled. He's not under any pressure right now. This is the ideal time to settle in. So... It's good to see him getting game time, but hopefully he starts well and quickly, and I'm sure he will. The other sub I want to mention, Ian Scott Wright. Do you think he's due for a start anytime soon? I do. I think he comes on and he has. He's he's very positive, and um, for me, he linked up really well with Aribo at some point today as well. And he's he's very po- he's positive, and he he likes to get on the ball and just get at defenders. Which is what we want to see. So, um, I think because we're now going to have that much busier schedule as well, and you're, we're probably going to maybe want to save Ryan Kent for the European games. Um, I'd, I'd be inclined to get right some game time um, or Kent some rest time, whatever way you want to put it. Um, while during the, the the Scottish games, I think we've got a weekend off for some reason. That's uh, the League Cup final weekend. Oh. Aye, I'd be I'd be getting him in the starting lineup just to to keep Kent fresh because as I say we're going to have a a busier period now with the European games starting again. Aye. after the last couple of games you, you want to you know you want to keep Kent fresh for the the big occasion, but at the same time I think Scott Wright's impressed enough to to suggest that he can come in and make an impact. So. Uh, yeah, there's no there's no case that maybe no for Fuzz and the right Antwerp, but even next weekend I'd be maybe looking at starting him and I, I wouldn't be too worried that we're we're not going to have any creativity. The the thing with Scott Wright is he's got that what we're lacking there now is a bit of pace up front. Um so he's got that, which is is a is, is a good plus point for him. So he, he might have a role to play in Thursday because obviously Antwerp have to come and score two. Um so his pace could be could we potentially utilise his pace uh, on Thursday? The brand the Brandon Barker role. <laughs> <laughs> the to, uh, Scott Wright has shown me more and has whatever hour worth of minutes to make me want to play him ahead of Brandon Barker already. I just Brandon Barker should never be anywhere near this club again. <laughs> I don't think there's very many people who were wanting Brandon Barker to stay at the club. I think everybody accepted he's t- that was time to move on. But just for the listeners' benefit, see the change in facial expression you put when you talk about him. <laughs> just sheer hatred. It angers me that somebody that bad can ever play for our club. Do you catch him in bed with your missus or something? <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to Thursday night. Last Thursday, I should say, I, I really don't know how he <laughs> how he cover off this game. It, it was wild. Uh, Rangers four three win in Antwerp. Um, 
Let's just break it down into in the sections. While we're talking about utilising the squad, Carl Angeli worries, um, obviously. So, Scott, you know it's bad when James Tavernier uh, goes off at any point. He's so reliable. He's such a professional. He, he's such a reliable a- athlete and he looks after himself. And uh, it is really worrying that uh, seeing him go down. I know the, the news coming out for the club that the they don't have all the right information from the scans yet, but initially it was looking a bit positive. But ah, yeah, it's worrying having him out. But William Balogun, I think you've done an okay job. What was your thoughts on him? Yeah, yeah, I thought I, th- I thought he's not going to give us what what Tav offers. Um, I think that's that's clear for for everyone to to see. Um, but he gives us um, he actually gives us a a, a lot more. I feel a lot more solid with him in there, and he, he, he can go. Like he, he went forward, he was fine. His crossing wasn't wasn't the best, but he's. You need to remember, he's not played right back probably for a year at least. You know, um, so I thought he done. I thought he done really well considering it was. You know, he was sort of thrown into it. You don't know as well after what's going on with Patterson if maybe he's he's done a bit more work in in training. But um, I thought he done. I thought he done fine. He was he was solid, and yeah, I, I liked him there. Um, just obviously, he didn't give us the the create the creativity we might get with Tav and the headers at the back post and things like that. But uh, <laughs> Tav seems to do when he's up front. But uh, he was uh, yeah, he done done a really good job, and you know, I feel more than comfortable with him him starting. Ian, I thought he got. I thought he grew into the game the more it went on and I think uh, at one point I don't know if it was maybe like the 70th minute you see him uh, kind of joining the forward line and I, I don't know it's it kind of it reiterated how how big a job Tavernier does is any time I see Tavernier up that high I'm like that's Tav is what he does but seeing any other right back I'm like what, what's he doing but no I, I think he got better with uh, uh, the more the game got the, the more the game went on. Hart Hanches uh, tweeted there that the the managers confirmed Tavernier should be back within the next two or three weeks. So I suppose that's that is positive then. Yeah, I I'd, I'd think he did get more confident, like you say, he did go into the game. It's probably just like you said, he's not played that position for such a long time and and um Thursday he's just been thrown in there last minute. So he's he's kinda not had any time to prepare. Whereas, well, he's not really had much time to prepare for today either. But I did feel he grew into the game. He had one tremendous cross where Morello should have scored. Um, and he was up, wasn't he? He wins the, he kind of, I don't know if he wins a header or makes kind of, he certainly makes a challenge for a header for the the Kent goal. Uh, so he, d- he did get forward, not quite the kind of swashbuckling right back of Tavernier, but he did get forward and as you say he got more confident I think we'll see that in maybe the next couple of games he'll get more confident as he gets a, bit, a few more minutes playing it right back Kemal Ruth also went off in the first half for Ryan Kenny came on so I don't want to sound too pessimistic but Ian Jane, this is why we were able to get somebody like Kemal Ruth at the price we got is do we just not accept that he's going to be injury prone <laughs> I think you might be right with that one. I think it might be a case of... Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices 
down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And the Lich were basically what, um, just cut their losses and try and recoup some of the money because I think he had a similar injury at time there. Is it going to be like Ryan Jack where... It's just going to, every time he comes back, it seems to flare up again. Hopefully not. And he's, he's been, when he's had a run, when he gets a run in a few games, you see him, he's excellent. He's a, he's he's the best player we have playing that, that right-sided of the front three. Um, it's, it is worrying that it keeps happening. Um, and it, it just keeps happening when there's no, it's, it's, it's one of these injuries that keeps happening he's not even making a challenge or anything like that. It's not like Tavs was he's, he's making a challenge. Um, so it is a wee bit worrying. Hopefully it's 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 one of these things that we can maybe get to the summer. He's not going to go to the Euros with England, um, get him a good rest in the summer, get a, a proper good look at it and, and, and see if we can figure out the the root of the problem and, and get it sorted once and for all. Yeah, there's definitely arguments for that even potentially like the right amount of rest in the summer, the right amount of pre-season training because he's he's been moving the last couple of years, so this will be the first time he's he stayed with the state. Yeah. He's had a chance to have a, a proper pre-season. Every chance he might be a bit better after that and like once we start managing it properly, but I think we do need to be realistic with him, just make sure we have other options. Yeah, yeah, they always have a always have a plan B. Uh, we've got loads of we've got loads of options up there. We talk about we were talking about Scott right there, but you know, we're not gonna throw him into a, a game like Antwerp, I wouldn't imagine. But you know, we've got Kent, Hadji, Itten can play there, Aribo. There is plenty of options there, so I like how it is there. Like we do have cover. I th- I think we do need to accept. I think Gerard will be smarter with him as well. I don't think he'll play him two or three times in a week, to be honest, 90 minutes. I think he'll, he'll maybe bring him off the bench and things like that. It's um, Yeah, I think he made a really good point saying, is that why we got him for such a such a low price? Because he's he's, he's been that, he's brilliant. You know, I, I love his play. I think he is one of our best players at the club, but obviously we want him available as, as much as possible. There's no question in my mind he's, he's starting every day where he's, he's fit and he's... Um, but yeah, we, we just need to manage it better and I think it will be a, a wake-up call for the, the medical team. Absolutely. So, sticking with yourself, Scott, before we go into the, some of the great attacking and forward play Rangers were doing, 
Steve Gerrard kind of brought us all down the earth in his post-match interview, as, as he tends to do, um, highlighting that there was a few defending issues here, and I think we did look really suspect at the back uh, at times for the Ardentwell's first goal. Barisic, he gives a fill away, and then I think he has to do better with, the, with marking his man for the free kick, and I just think it's... I feel like any time we're talking about conceding a goal is always about we're no, we're no closing people we're no closing teams down quick enough and I thought that was the second goal or when McGregor couldn't do anything for the second goal I don't think but the defenders midfielders should have absolutely been on top of that Yeah, yeah so um, well obviously like the, the first goal I'd <laughs> As you say, it's a stupid foul from from Barisic, I thought, and um, yeah, I, I couldn't believe how much space he had. I mean, fair play to that. It was it was a, some head to score a header from the edge of the eighteen yard box is it needs to be a pinpoint and a good header. So I mean, fair play, but the amount of space he had was unbelievable. And the the, the least you can do is put a challenge in. But I, I, I don't know if it was Barisic's man. I think he said that in commentary, but he was he was miles away and he was able to really pick his spot. The second one, obviously, it's the, the penalty, and it's um, it's just you know really <laughs> not not much you can do. Like I, I, in Scotland, it would never be a penalty in Europe. They've gave it, but I just can't believe it was reviewed by VAR and it was it was still a penalty. Like that, yes, there's contact, but you know you need to. I'm doing that thing with you know my hands again here, but uh, <laughs> um, yeah. I, I don't blame Stephen Davis for that at all. Um, he's, 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 he's almost trying to get out of the way, but as he said in his post-match, he was very clever about it, the striker, and he's just hit the, the deck, you know, like, and it was a it was a really good penalty. So no, no complaints from Davis or anything, but obviously just conceding the brink of half-time was, was really, really disappointing. If we'd have held out till then, it'd have been in a much better place. Yeah. I suppose it's a wee bit... Encouraging that shite refs aren't too explosive to Scotland. <laughs> uh, I think we can take heart for that. So, but aye, I think um, taking the second goal out of it, it's no much we can do with that. But the first and third goal, absolutely, we, we should be doing better. And I think the manager has called that out. And I don't want to bang the drum on it about too much because. Our defensive record's been brilliant this season. I mean, I think it was 20-odd clean sheets we've had already so far, and we're doing it at the other end, but it's something that at this level we will get punished for. Ian, we've covered off the the two penalties by Borner. Um, out with those two penalties, some, a couple of really, really, really well-worked goals. The first one, Rangers pressing just came off in the end and that was a, a period of maybe five, ten minutes Rangers were smothering Antwerp before that goal. Yeah, I, we, we, we'd, we'd started to get on top of them, hadn't we, um, before that goal and we mentioned before it was um, Morelos um, had, how, how excellent he was during the, during the week and it's, he makes that goal for me, that the wee touch back to, to Aribo. I think he just manages to avoid being taken out by the goalkeeper. And it's a, a, a cracking finish by Aribo as well, isn't it? As well, saying he, he fell on his left foot, no, his right foot, eh? Absolutely. <laughs> that right foot's for standing on. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I feel like we're kind of talking about the same guys, but the, the second goal 
for Ryan, uh, Ryan Kent. Sorry, was that the second goal? Or was that the third? No, the second goal was a penalty. Right, yeah. right. So the, the third goal, uh, this was just this is why we paid we paid what we did for, for Ryan Kent, wasn't it? Absolutely. It's this is what this is what frustrates the fans, I think, with Ryan Kent. Because we know the quality he's got, because this is the kind of things he's capable of. And it's it's on the big stage as well when he's we've seen him do this. Um so I think that's why fans get frustrated when he's not like you know coming into Scotland and turning Ross County to pieces. Um, but again, we mentioned Morelos. It's it's a lovely wee one too, and Kent's just the wee drop of the shoulder and curls it in a far corner. I'm going to go back to Aribo again. That's pretty much the exact same position Aribo was in, but just no right foot. Um, <laughs> it's uh, <laughs> I mean it's, that's what he needs to be in in uh, training, practicing right foot. Um, but yeah, Ryan Kennedy's tremendous, and let's let's hope like we can hold on to him. It's, I mean, because if he if he's performing well in Europe, we've seen Leeds were sniffing about him in the summer. They're going to come back in for him, aren't they? I think so, and that's a good point. That that's why we get frustrated with him because we know that's a, the talent he's got. But I think. I don't, you, you hear people, you hear older Rangers fans say that Brian Loudup ruined every other winger for them because Brian Loudup would have done it every week. But winners don't do that. Winners are, I know Kent's an inside forward, but players in that in that area, they are inconsistent, but that's just brilliant. That's what you can do. The difference between Kent and Loudup is Loudup was world class. Nah. <laughs> it's uh, as simple as that. If Kent was uh, as consistent as Loudup, was it wouldn't be anywhere on the other Rangers? They'd be top end of the Premiership or a top European team. So, like these are the times. Like as a Rangers fan, we're in now. We can't. We'll, we'll, we'll never see the likes of Brian Lauder at, at Rangers again. I don't think. I don't think. I think for me, Ronald De Boer might be the last world class player that we'll have uh, seen. Alan McGregor might be the last. Um, but. Uh, yeah, for me, Ronald De Boer, I don't think we'll see another world-class player of that calibre uh, in Scottish football. I think Van Dijk has gone on to be that, but it was not that at Celtic. Um, and I think we might see that. Like, players, you know, Aribo could go on again, Kent could go on again, Morelos could go on again. Um, I think all these players could go up another level. That, for me, I don't think we'll ever see the likes of Brian Lodrup again. Uh, it's just the position Scottish football is, uh, I'm afraid. But so a fourth a victory Scott, um going into going into next Thursday. Uh, it's a very good position to be in. Four away goals. Antwerp need to score at least two to even like to to even be in with a shout eh, going through. Are you confident for the return leg? Um yeah, definitely. I mean a really good position, obviously. I didn't see us conceding three goals, but um, to have four away goals, as they're going to need to come out and have a go at us. Um, I think we'll prepare for that. I would with. I think we'll have. I think it changes a lot with Jack going off injured today because I, I would have expected to see um, 
Davis Jack, Kamara, um, the usual sort of midfield and, and Aribo up top. Um just there to give us that, you know, uh, balance as well. Um but I think we'll be be set up in our normal European style and I'll that I'm confident um of that as I say, I can't really see us conceding at least two goals and I can I can see us scoring as well. So it'll just make their job even even harder. So yeah, I think we're in a fantastic position and good good terms to, to qualify. No, we are and I think we know Antwerp are, are gonna come and have a go go as they we said that last week. We knew they were gonna set up to have an attack. But Rangers Rangers showed them more than a match going forward for them and Rangers showed an unbelievable amount of character as well so having that advantage having, having that advantage to go into the home tie as I don't want to be complacent or blasé but if Rangers Rangers play the way they should be playing or they can play then we'll, we'll go through comfortably Ian the back five picks itself for Thursday night due Aye. Uh, form and uh, injuries, I suppose. But who who would you start as your midfield three? It's going to depend on Jack a wee bit, isn't it? It's did we catch that injury early enough, and do we risk him? Um, I probably find we'll go with Arfield. Um, Arfield Davis Kamara, I think would be my the way I'd go for the midfield three. I think Gerard did mention that uh, today after his after after the game that he wanted to rest Glenn Kamara because he plans to play him first tonight. So I'd be really surprised if that, if the midfield three was anything other than those three. Scott, for me, I'd be playing Kent Morelos and Aribo up front. Any debates? No. Uh, no, definitely. I mentioned it there. I think uh, I think that speaks for itself. I think Kent's had his wee. I think he was expecting more of a rest, but his wee was a forty-one minute rest uh, just there, and he, he, he came off today, didn't he, for a, he did. a, a period as well. So yeah, he he'll be there. Um, as I mentioned, I like I like Aribo up there, especially in Europe. And uh, yeah, healthy, healthy to lead the line. He'll be be a, a big task for him to. Um, for the um for this game as well, but um I think he should really take confidence from his goal and his performance last week. So, um yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing Morelos especially. And here's hoping we are we're here next week to speak about who Rangers got in the last sixteen tie, which takes place on Friday. So the last bit of news, which uh, we've kind of alluded to when we're talking about the the squad selection and the injury crisis and stuff, is. Last Sunday, it came out that five. Uh, well, last Sunday came out that the club were investigating a, um, a internal incident, and the rumours quickly spread that Nathan Parson, Calvin Bassey, Dapon Buddy, Brian Kinnaird, and Bungani Zungu were, were all guilty of breaching the COVID protocol. Scott, uh, Steve Gerrard confirmed that midweek as well. Let's. <sighs> I don't, I don't really know what we can say, what we didn't say about Jones and Edmondson, but it's just really a stupidity, isn't it? It's, I, 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 honestly, I couldn't believe it. It's, um, it's just so so stupid from them. Like, every single one of them, like, you look at it, Patterson had the perfect opportunity, you know, it was 
it's almost like had to Tav had to get injured after that came out. Um, it's just so it's such high hopes for him and Bassi to be fair. Um, both playing in Europe, both in the fringes of the first team, and yeah, it's just absolute stupidity. Zungu is just um, he's blown it. You know, he's he's got a chance of coming to a massive club. He's I've, I said I, I like the look of him as well. Um, I know people have, you know, he had a poor performance against Hamilton, um, but he's, he's blown any chances of that, uh, making it permanent. And yeah, for the other or two, but young boys, it's it's not the best impression to to leave, and they may do very very well to to get back and even closely involved with Rangers. Ian, is there a chance back for these guys? Do you think? Zungu, no. I think he's done. I don't think we'll be signing him. Um, the youngsters, maybe. More so Patterson and Bassey, I think. I think they are assets. I think they both have sell-on value, having a season or so in the first team. I just don't think we're going to throw that that potential money down the toilet. Mabudi, he's been about for so long and never really been about the first team squad in terms of the match day squad. Um, so I can see him kind of. I can see. I think he, has he in the last year of his contract anyway? Yeah, and he's on loan at Queen of the South at the moment. So yeah, it's highly unlikely he'll get a new contract because he's now ruined any chance of being able to earn one at Queen of the South by being excellent down there. As far as the keeper's concerned, I think we've got. Is it Kieran Wright as well? Robbie uh, Robbie McCrory. The, the 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 chances are he's done as well. Um, so I think there's a couple of young backups um, that will probably see his chance of um, getting anywhere near the first team blown as well. But I think for me, this one's worse than the Jones and Edmondson because they've seen what happened to Jones and Edmondson. They've essentially ended the Rangers' careers. Edmondson maybe come back, but having signed Jack Simpson and Kathich to come back, it looks highly unlikely um, that he'll be coming back. Um, and Jones, I think after the Celtic game when he injured himself, he was he's pretty much been done since then. So to to then go and risk your Rangers career like that after seeing those two, it's just it's beyond belief. I just don't get it. Like you know, as soon as you go to that party, you're putting your future in jeopardy. I don't know how he, how they can have it in their minds. Like they, they, they too, like especially Pat, Patterson and Bassey, I'm obviously disappointed with. But they know as soon as they're going to that party or whatever, they're putting that at risk. I, I don't, I don't even know how they could enjoy their night to be honest with you, and like know with the risk of getting caught. It's like being like sixteen again, like doing the part, trying to get caught, like drinking by a man or that. Like it is like that. And um, it's just the the height of stupidity, and you know you're you're right. They see what happened to John Jones in Edmondson. For them to get back in Rangers, you know what I mean. They'll need to work very very hard and, and impress. And it's just the absolute height of stupidity um, doing it. So yeah, I think it will be interesting to see what happens with the. I think you're right, even like so Zungu as a way. I think all three of us are in agreement with that. Dapo and Buddy, we were already it looks as if we were all ready to move him on and just help him get the next club uh, in his career. He's on loan to Queen of South now as well. And just on a side note, 
So that's two two squads of players that these players could have put in jeopardy. Queen of South as well, and the lower like the lower league clubs are really struggling now, and if they weren't able to play a match or anything, that could have been huge for them. So I think I am Buddy is definitely away. Kinnaird is he's probably you know there's there was high hopes for Kinnaird to maybe go into like, develop into a a strong keeper a few years down the line, but he's far too he's not got enough uh, he's not got enough credit in the in the bank. Patterson and Bassey is I don't know if I get the I get the argument that they're assets, but George Edmondson's an asset as well. You know, I think whatever whatever treatment George Edmondson gets, I think Patterson and Bassey will be similar to that. And I think that's the important thing. I think it does have to be consistent. See what the <clears throat> Patterson and Bassey, do you think that potentially next season those two could be shipped out on loan to save their careers at Rangers? Because we'll have them tied down in longer term deals. Um so we have that maybe a year or two to play with in terms of their age and their contract length. I think that might be in that uh, it may, it is like it is absolute height of stupidity. It really is. But it is the first as the, the first error of judgment they've made is the first wrong food that I know of and that's not me to excuse it. I'm to, I'm just thinking what other club may be thinking that might come into play. Whether that's right, wrong and different, but it's football is a money game and if they've just tied these guys down in long term contacts, that might come into the play. So I think yeah, whatever whatever happens with George Edinson that you might see the same thing happen with Patterson and Bassey, I think. In other news, moving away from the, the football, we Scott and I had the pleasure of speaking to Laura Fox from Club eighteen seventy two, as well as my personal best friend, Dave King, my best pals now. It's don't be jealous. Um, they were all discussing the Never Again campaign. The episode's now live on anywhere you get your your podcast, usually as well as YouTube. They're discussing their takes on the Never Again campaign and Dave's time at the club and how important they feel this opportunity is. Ian, after a few months to digest all the information around this and all the press releases and that interview itself, what's your thoughts on this campaign? Uh, I positive um, to get that fan um, fan ownership in place and like like you say this legacy never again so that the club can be protected from uh, idiots like Charles Green and Craig White and stuff like that in the future. Um, it's 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 only positive for me and I think uh, with the interview he's done last week. Um, a lot of kind of questions were answered for me, like, well, funding-wise and stuff like that, where's the money going to come from? And, you know, Rangers fans will always put their, their hand in their pocket to to support the team. As, like, any season ticket holder's done that this year. Like, that's what, 30 games in, and we've not been to a game yet. I'm I'm fairly happy with that. I don't, I don't mind um, if it keeps my club going. I think... I think more Rangers fans will sign up um, in the future, uh, particularly if, <clears throat> particularly after hearing uh, the interviews that uh, Laura and Dave have been doing recently. I think going forward, Club 1872 is only going to be a positive thing. And, and the sooner they, they get board representation as well, I think, to get that, that fan voice, because like, as Laura was saying, everything's done by an online vote. So 
and and through the constitution they have to go with what the the, the members say. Um, I think that will be good because then you've got that that definite fan voice asking the board exactly what the fans want. I I feel I feel it is really really positive as well. But I get there is you know there is still a lot of questions and still a lot of reservations. But what you mentioned there, the amount of interviews are doing with fan media and traditional media, they plan on doing that over the course of the campaign, and that's something that's absolutely massive that they need to keep on doing because it's. Not all the questions will be answered in in the daily record of the BBC, and I'm not saying that we asked all the hard hitting questions. We asked um, our listeners and fans and follow follow to send in questions, and thanks for everybody who took the time to do that. But it's important that they do engage with it, engage with the wider range of support over the next three years, because there will be questions that come up here and then, and it's the right platform to to answer them. Scott. I think it's fair to say that podcasting isn't the easiest thing. Well, I think I still get a bit nervous yeah, for every show, but oh, Dave King's terrifying, isn't oh, he? Petrifying, man. I was just waiting for him to give me any trouble or something, but uh, no, it was, uh, um, it, it was amazing. It was, it was so good to, to hear from him. Um, uh, you know, it, there was no question that he shut you know, we edited it, but um, there was nothing that had to be cut or anything. He was very open and honest, and uh, it was really, it was, uh, it was great to hear from from him and Laura. Yeah, and it's it's just great to have a new best pal. And once COVID's over, I'm looking forward to my, my wee trip to Jayberg for the the Dave King family barbecue. <laughs> <laughs> Rounding off Twitter part of the week. Chance to tell the listeners what's the funniest thing you've seen in the world of social media. So I'll kick us off with what I've seen this week. So I seen a tweet the other day. Somebody somebody uh, posted a thread. What's the weirdest thing any anyone's randomly bought? And out of context, Rangers replied with a photo of Carlos Pena. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, what do you have for us? So I I seen this one this morning, and it's a. Uh... It's a picture of Jurgen Klopp at Parkhead and a Germany flag, a wee arrow, a shamrock, soon in eyes. <laughs> and you're just like, come on, that's just, you, you've got more chance of Neil Lennon being the next Rangers manager. <laughs> it's just absolutely ludicrous to, to ever consider Jurgen Klopp being your next manager. <laughs> I blame his skills. I really do. That's... <laughs> Scott, what have you got for us this week? Yeah, so mine's was a picture um, of Joe Aribo and um, it's, he's on the Just Eat advert and it said, did somebody say quick feet? <laughs> <laughs> How hard does it to read like to say that? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that brings us to a close for this week's weekly roundup. We'll be back uh, midweek and we've got another episode of Tenny Bells. The uh, 10 questions, 10 set questions put to a, a different guest every show and Jodie Pollock, the bird that sings Rangers songs on YouTube. She'll be on answering those questions this week, so look out for that. All I have to do is thank my two guests, Scott Hodge. Thank you. And Ian McCready. Thanks for having us. Thanks for listening and take care.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.